and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So happy to be here to help you with your home improvement projects. Help yourself first. Give us a call at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Whether you are a do-it-yourselfer or you are a direct-it-yourselfer, yes, not doing the job yourself, but maybe getting some help, some professional help, We'd love to talk with you about those projects, 888-666-3974. And speaking of projects, are you planning on a bath update this year? Coming up, we're going to have some tips on the latest and greatest in bathroom design trends, including bathroom technology that's making a big splash. And are you wondering how you can update your home without spending a lot of money? Well, spending just a little bit on paint can go a very long way, especially if you apply 2016's Color of the Year We'll tell you where to use it and its secret benefit coming up. And we're answering your home improvement questions all hour long. So pick up the phone and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Marion, North Carolina is on the line with a mossy roof. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit. Well, we have a 10-year-old roof, asphalt shingles, I believe they are, and the Sections between shingles are beginning to be filled up with moss. It's like a mossy grout line. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I'd like to know how to get it safely clean and keep it from growing back again. It isn't the entire roof. We we are in an A-frame house, so it's very you know very sharp, very steep roof, and it's just about the uh, eight or ten feet closest to the. To the edge. Okay. Do you see it all the way around? You just see it on, say, the north facing side, or in the it's area just on this north facing part. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the area that gets the least amount of sunlight. Right. Um, do you have like a large tree that's you know adding more shade to this area? We have a lot of trees. Yeah, a lot of trees. Yeah. Therein lies the problem. Hmm. Now, I mean, the best solution here is: can you trim out or? thin out those trees in any way to get more sunlight onto that portion of the roof. Because if you can do that, sunlight really is, you know, your best weapon in getting rid of this moss and keeping it away. Now, you'll have to do some work to get it to be gone in the first place. But if you can add more sunlight, you're going to help it stay away. All right. Very good. Thank you very much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Liam in Iowa has a flooring question. What can we help you with? I was wondering if, if I could get away with putting some snap-together flooring like Pergo over uh, carpeting in the dining room because I don't want to uh, cover the carpeting up, but the, the dining room is carpeted, and we'd like to have a hard surface underneath the dining room table so it doesn't get you know, food and stains and stuff in the carpeting. Just So you're talking about an area just for the table? Yeah, just like underneath the dining room table. Rather than tear up a hole in the carpeting or tear up the carpeting in the dining room, you think I could just snap together flooring over over the carpet under the dining room table and chairs? I don't think so, because that type of flooring needs a certain level of consistent support. And there's special underlayments that are designed to go underneath it. Mm -hmm. And those underlayments have just enough cushion, but it gives the flooring material the support it needs. So putting it on top of carpet, it's going to be too mushy. And the floor joints are going to start to break apart. So that's just not going to work. You're going to have to decide one or the other. Okay, so if I want a hard floor, I'm going to have to tear up the carpeting. Correct. Well, yeah, if you're looking for a hard floor like a pergo or a laminate type, you know, you would take up the carpeting, which, I mean, isn't a huge project. And, you know, depending on what's under there, you could probably use whatever plywood or, you know, base 
as your subfloor and make it work really well and go together quite easily. Um, the other option, if you like that carpeting that's in there, you're just concerned about, you know, the table and the usage and dirt, you could get an inexpensive like sisal or seagrass rug, which is really in style, and layer your carpeting. I've seen this done many times. It looks great in rooms like this. And you can do a carpet underneath, you know, like an area rug underneath the table and chairs. And if you go with a sisal or seagrass, it's very stylish. You know, I don't know what your decor is, but it could work and be really awesome. A friend of mine has like an indoor-outdoor rug that looks like black and white tile at their campsite outside of their, their uh, Airstream trailer. So maybe something like that, like an indoor-outdoor type of carpet. It doesn't have to be indoor-outdoor. I mean, if I had an Airstream trailer, I'd probably have indoor-outdoor carpet for that too. But, right. you know, in your situation, in my dining room, I don't know I would do that. Exactly. Um, but you can get a sisal rug or a seagrass rug for, you know, 100 or 200 bucks, depending on the size of it. And those clean really well. They're reversible. So if one side gets like super dirty, you just flip it over and use the other side. And then when that one gets trashed, you check it and get a new one. Okay, cool. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, we've got the 2016 Color of the Year, and it's more accurately Colors of the Year because there are two. We're going to have ideas for bringing this unique blend into your home when the Money Pit continues after this. You live in a Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And hey, are you getting ready to put your home on the market this spring? Well, spot and fix problems now before a buyer's inspector finds them for you. We've got home inspection tips for sellers on our homepage right now at moneypit.com. Now we've got Corey in Michigan who's dealing with an addition that's having a hard time maintaining its heat. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit. I purchased a foreclosure a couple of years ago. And they put uh, an addition on the back of the house, and the house has a uh, basement, but there's a crawl space under the addition. And I've noticed uh, the past couple of years that I've been here, the addition in the back, it's um, it's just one room. It's it's like a great room. It's about uh, 18 by 20 feet. 
and it's always colder. It's, it's around 10 to 15 degrees colder than the rest of the house. And what type of heating do you have in that space? Uh, we have forced air uh, heating throughout the house, and uh, they put an additional duct going to that room, and, and we also have a gas fireplace in the back. Um, but unfortunately, I'm, I'm always finding myself having to put the fireplace on to try and uh, even out the... So so did they try to extend the heating system from the main house into the addition? They did, and that was part of my concern when I was looking yeah. at it, because they ran a duct right off of the, uh, the main duct off the furnace. So I was thinking maybe kind of like how air would take the path of least resistance is just continuing through the large duct and not really being forced into the smaller duct that goes right into that room because the furnace is actually very close to that room. So it sounds like what they tried to do was take the inexpensive way out, which is to extend the existing heating system into that room, which may or may not have been properly done. So have you had an HVAC contractor look at this and look at the duct runs? No, I haven't. No. Yeah, so I would do this. I I would I would look at the duct runs first and see if the duct system can be adjusted or additional ducts can be installed to get more air into that room. You need more heat in that room. That would be the least expensive way to go. If you're running this gas fireplace to try to balance off the chilliness in that room, you might want to think about it because we're just sort of uh, working with, I guess, the, the coldest days is when you need this, I would imagine. You might want to think about adding electric baseboard heat. Now, we almost never recommend that because it's the most expensive. But in a situation where you're trying to add supplemental heat to a room, okay, that's not a bad way to go because it's inexpensive to install, and you're only going to run it when you really need it. Okay. What do you think about maybe putting like... Uh I know they have them fans that you can stick inside ducts to maybe help pull the air into the duct. I wouldn't go that route until I had a good HVAC installer, not a service guy, not a guy who just you know t- tunes up furnaces, but somebody that really knows how to lay out a duct system for a house. Look at it. That's called a duct booster. It might be an alternative. It might not. It depends on how the duct was put together, how much supply air and return air is getting back. Because remember, you can't just throw the air in there. You got to pull the cold air out of there and. Send it back to the heating system. So if they've just got supplies and no return, that could also be an issue. Okay. Yeah, there is a return, but yeah, it's I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how many corners they cut because I know in the in the crawl space there they didn't put no visqueen down or anything like that. Also. Yeah. Well, I would talk to an HVAC contractor about the duct layout, see if you can get some additional feedback on that, and then just look at all the alternatives. You know, what's it going to cost to uh, get the duct system working right? Can can it work right? Is the existing furnace big enough to supply the amount of heat that that room is going to need, given its location, given how much glass is there, and so on? And remember, keep that as a fallback position that you could always add electric baseboard to supplement what you have. Oh, okay. All right, Corey. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 888- Money Pit. Shawnee in North Carolina needs some help with a backyard problem. What's going on at your Money Pit? No, my room, when it would rain, all the water would drain toward the back because it's on a downslope. Right. And then I had some a contractor come in and connect all my downspouts and all to this black pipe, and they connected all of it and ran it out to one source toward the you know that little creek. And in doing so, I mean everything was fine; it worked fine, and they thought where I was having such water problem, they sort of made a horseshoe out of the black pipe with the styrofoam, you know, peanuts and all of that in it. But what they did when they dug around the horseshoe area, they found that that was dry because they figured if it was wet, it would drain and take care of the problem. But when they put that horseshoe in, wherever they put it, it was completely dry. 
and it was further down that they realized that I had underground spring. So all of my drain pipes, everything's draining perfectly, but it's one little problem I had with that underground spring. But is that underground spring rising up to the point where the yard is flooding? And how much how much flooding are we talking about here? Uh, it's not necessarily flooding, but it it's stays so wet. wet I can't mow it. And there's a place about, uh, I'm going to say, 12 inches square, squarish maybe, that is has puddled. I don't think this is a problem worth solving. I think it's a fairly small area of the yard, and, and areas of the yard that get soft like that, yeah, the grass can be hard to cut sometimes. Sometimes you have to cut it by hand instead of using a, a you know power mower on it. But I don't think it's worth you doing anything about it. You would have to do some major, major work to try to uh, take the water that's collecting there, run it downstream, and have it sit somewhere else. So I don't think it's necessarily a, a big issue. Well, if you'd like to step up your space and you don't have a big budget, you might want to consider the Pantone Color of the Year. They've released it, and it's actually for the first time ever, two colors, not one. That's right. Rose Quartz and Serenity are combined to create the perfect blend of a warm rose and a cool blue. And that's going to give you the picture-perfect look of serenity and relaxation. Yeah, and there's lots of places you could use this. For example, if you are expectant parents, you're always searching for that gender-neutral nursery. This is your chance to do that. You can put some pastels together and avoid those sort of Pepto-Bismol pinks or the cutesy blues. Yeah, but you know what I think the combination really speaks to most is our design for just a relaxing space, and that's truly become a priority for homeowners in 2016. Now, if you can incorporate the Rose Quartz Serenity blend into any space, you will get an on-trend splash of relaxation. Good advice. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones. Leslie, who's next? Now, we've got Tim on the line who's dealing with a big crack in a driveway causing some unevenness. Tell us what's going on. Well, I have a uh, concrete driveway. It's three inches thick. I found that out after I saw the crack in the driveway. And they pour this driveway in one as far as width, and they put it, it's probably 16 foot wide, and they poured it in 16 by 12 foot sections with, it looks like, fracture pieces in it instead of the actual expansion joints. And where it goes over my drop, my uh, the ditch, over my cupboard, it has a spot about a one foot in a triangle, one foot by one foot by one foot, where it has dropped. And I'm trying to find some way to bring that piece back up level with the rest. That way I can see. I already had it sealed, but I put like a silicone in there along the joints to keep any further erosion from happening. How big is the piece that's dropped? You said is it cracked one foot by one foot by one foot? Yeah. It's a one-foot triangle piece. So can you dig that piece out? No, I can't because it did not break on a smooth line. It, it fractured and dropped down. Yeah, because, you know, I tell you what, I, I've I've broken sidewalks in half before because I had to run pipes underneath them and then put them back in place kind of right where they were and just sort of filled them up and made it level. So it would be sweet if you could extract that piece of concrete, but I guess you can't. And so now you're going to have to pour a new piece. How thick is the – how far down has it dropped? Yeah, the front – on the back edge of it is still level. On the front, it's probably dropped about three inches. Okay. Well, not so bad. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to mix up a, a, an epoxy-based concrete repair product that has good adhesion. Okay. And then you're going to put a second layer on that. And uh, quickcrete – Q-U-I-K-R-E-T-E. Okay. Yeah, you want to use the, the type of concrete mix that's made made to be a patch 
And the difference is that it sticks to the old stuff. If you use regular concrete mix, it won't stick. But if you use the the patch mix, then it will stick. Uh, and they also have uh, good step-by-step videos on their website to kind of show you how to do this. Okay. Would I be better off by just knocking that one piece, that piece out and refilling it since it's not that big of a piece? Yeah, it, you might be uh, because I want to make sure it's stable underneath. But they there's a vinyl concrete patcher product that can be used uh, on top of this. And it's designed to adhere to what was there before and not crack again. Okay. I appreciate it. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Tony in Virginia, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Last winter uh, in January, we uh, got rid of our oil furnace and we got a uh, 16 sear HVAC three ton unit. And this year, we noticed that there was condensation on our windows. So the first thing we did was we turned off the uh, humidifier. In fact, I actually disconnected the line. And then we got a humidity gauge. Uh, we also ran a dehumidifier. Uh, and we can't get the humidity down below 45% in the house. It, it's staying between 45 and 48%. And it seems not to make any difference to anything that we do. Okay, so the difference between the heat pump and the oil furnace you had before is pretty significant. When an oil furnace heats up and, and, and heats the air, it's going to deliver that air at somewhere around 140 degrees or so. And when a heat pump delivers the air, it's delivering it at like um, 96, 97, 98, maybe 100 degrees. And so that 40-degree difference means that you're going to have a lot more humidity stay in the air that the warmer oil furnace would have taken out. So that, that explains why you've got humidity now where you didn't have it before. So what can you do about that? Well, you have to look at strategies to try to reduce the moisture load inside your house. Turning off the um, the uh, humidifier was an obvious one because, frankly, you rarely need those with heat pumps for the reason I just explained. Secondly, taking steps to try to reduce the way moisture gets into your house can help. So, for example, you can uh, regrade the soil at the foundation perimeter, just the first three to four feet, so that you don't hold any rainwater against that foundation. You can make sure your gutters are clean, the downspouts are extending uh, three to four feet from the foundation. You can make sure that you have proper attic ventilation so that you have uh, open soffit vents and open ridge vents so that air is not getting trapped in the attic. And this way you're moving the vapor pressure, reducing the amount of vapor that gets into the foundation, works its way up into the house and gets out at the uh, at the attic space. Now, mechanically, you can add a device called a whole home dehumidifier. You already have a ducted system. A whole home dehumidifier is a product that uh, would work um, both in the winter and in the summer in your location, and it would take a lot of water out of the air. But there's an expense, obviously, to purchase it and and to operate it. So what uh, you're explaining is not surprising to me. You're just going to have to take some additional steps to try to reduce the amount of humidity. Does that make sense? Yes. How about uh, the basement's our first floor, and it's been dry when many of our neighbors have had water in the basement. That's so I, I have to tell you, I'm a little reluctant to fool with the dirt outside. Uh, but what about it? We have a fireplace down there. How about if I run the fireplace occasionally? It's not going to be a very efficient thing to do just to run your fireplace to try to dehumidify your house. It's like it's a lot of work to dehumidify, you know what I mean, using a fireplace. But if you were to use a, a whole house dehumidifier, then you would have you know, total mechanical and automatic control of that humidity level. Take a look at uh, the website for April Air, aprilair.com. They make a pretty good one. And then you can check with some local contractors to see what it will cost to have it installed. Thank you very much. 
Hey, are you having trouble warming up that one cold spot in your house? Well, we've got a quick and easy and inexpensive fix that could be the answer you're looking for. That and more when the Money Pit continues after this. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, we are huge fans of insulation. Just this one important improvement can make a big difference in your energy efficiency and comfort. But insulation has now come a long way, and the newest versions of this product can do much more than just keep your house cool in the summer and warm in the winter. That's right. At the recent Greenbelt Conference in Washington, D.C., we checked in with Mike Lockery from CertainTeed about a new insulation that actually works like human skin with pores that open and close when moisture is detected. SmartBed has technology in it in the facing that actually allows uh, wall cavities to dry. Uh, A lot of times moisture can get trapped inside the wall cavity, and the craft facing on the insulation allows for the water to be pulled out of the wall because if it doesn't, what happens is you can get moisture, damage, mold, and mildew, and unfortunately, unhealthy indoor air quality. So this really helps to improve that situation in a home. The entire interview is featured in our Top Products podcast online at moneypit.com, and you can learn more about SmartBat at certainteed.com. Bob in Oregon's on the line with a roofing question. What's going on? Well, I had some people uh, add a roof over a deck, 
on the house, uh, making the deck into a porch. And they, when they nailed the, uh, the new ledger onto the old soffit, uh, I had told them to uh, get up underneath the existing shingles uh, with flashing uh, to go over top of the new roofing and so forth for the water continuation for drainage, and they didn't do that. Uh, I've found out since then that there's probably a reason why they didn't, and that's because the old, the, the old roofing on the house is very, very well nailed down, about on two-inch centers, uh, and trying out all those nails uh, would be a problem. Uh, and so they just uh, put the new roofing up against as close as they could over top of the, uh, the new ledger, uh, but it doesn't, of course it doesn't seal. So the water comes down the old roofing and it runs down between the two and down onto the deck, or down onto, onto the porch. And I heard you talking about a product that you were giving away or that you were going to have a drawing for or whatever, and I said, hey, that sounds like exactly what I might need, a liquid rubber. Yeah, you're talking about the Ames Blue Max, which is a great product, but it's not designed to patch a roof installation that was just done horribly wrong to begin with. And so my advice on this would be to fix it once, fix it right, and not and not have to deal with it again by making the proper roof repair, which in your case is going to involve pulling some of the roof material off of the um, off of the house so that you can take the roof from the overhang, the new overhang now, and work it up under those shingles properly. That's what I'm trying to avoid if I can, because, of course, the, the, edge, the edge of the existing roof is tarred down pretty well. In fact, real well. Right. Because uh, I did that myself years, a few years ago. Uh, and it's nailed down very, very well. I understand that, but anything else is, is not going to be a permanent repair. And I, I really feel like removing that removing that roof is the right way to go here so that you have a properly flashed seam, and it's going to be important to keep that dry. Uh, it's going to prevent rot if the water leaks through there, and it's going to add to your home value because it'll be properly done. Bob, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, coming up, it's a little space that packs a big punch, or is it? We're going to share some ideas to update your bathroom with trends that make a big statement for less when the Money Pit continues after this. You live in a Money Pit. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, electric heat might be the most expensive form of heat, but it's still a good option for some spaces that maybe need a little extra boost to stay warm. Now, could your space be a good candidate for, say, electric baseboard heat or wall heaters? Find out the stories on our homepage right now at moneypit.com. Clara in Minneapolis, Kansas, is on the line with a dryer venting question. How can we help you? Our dryer is in the basement is the beginning part of the problem. So when we hook it up to the vent, the vent goes straight up. How far up does it go? 
Well, it's probably eight foot. Okay. And then it goes vertical, I mean horizontal, um, probably about 25 feet to the wow. back side of the house, and then okay. that's where it, the exhaust comes out of the house. Mm-hmm. And we can get part of it clean. Is it a metal um, exhaust duct or a plastic exhaust duct? It's a metal. Okay, good. Perfect. We've got a solution for you. It's called a uh, Gardas Lint Eater, and it's a special brush that fits inside the dryer exhaust ducts, and it's on fiberglass rods. And So it's flexible. You, it's flexible. And so what you do is you start with like three foot or six foot of the fiberglass rod. You hook it up to a drill, and the drill is what spins it. You run it into the duct, pull it out a couple of times. Then you add another length of fiberglass and another length of fiberglass rod and so on. And it's the coolest thing because yeah, it's fun. you will be amazed, both, I should say, amazed and disgusted at the <laughs> amount of lint that is going to come out of your vent the first time you do it. I imagine. Just Google it, Lint Eater. Okay. Lint, E-A-T-E-R, and you'll find it. It's a really handy tool to have. Once you have one, you can you know use it a lot. You can do it from the outside. They've got other attachments that help you get in closer to the dryer and so on, but it's a, it's okay. a great product, okay? Yeah, and you know what? Okay. If you don't do it, you really need to be careful because all of that lint is sort of just building up in there, and it could be a fire hazard, so you really do have to get on this. Yeah, that's what we were concerned about. And that's actually their website, too. It's linteater.com, so check it out. Okay, that sounds great. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 888- Money pit. You know, that's such an important thing to do, Leslie, because there's a lot of fires that happen in homes mm-hmm. because of dirty dryer exhaust ducts. So it's funny, I was it just noticing, you know, the lint buildup in my driveway again. I was like, ah, oh, it's time. <laughs> it's time, time again. to get out there. Yep. Pete in Illinois, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Well, I got lime deposits in my toilets, and I've got probably five toilets in my house that I'd like to get them out of it. You know, they're around the, the upper part of the rim where the water comes out. Okay. And down in the bowl, and I've tried lime away, and I tried a vinegar soak. Maybe I just didn't do it long enough, but I, I'd like to find a way to get the, those lime deposits out of there and get my toilets looking nice. Have you tried CLR? Yes, I have. You have tried CLR, and CLR didn't do it either? Didn't do it, no. Well, Pete, if the commercial cleaners like CLR and lime away are not working, there's a couple other things that you can try, but... You have to be very careful. One of them is to use something that's abrasive like pumice or like a rubbing compound. And you can try to abrade away the deposit. Theoretically, these uh, abrasives are softer than the porcelain, but you have to do it very carefully. You don't want to rough the surface of the porcelain because if you do, it'll get dirtier that much quicker um, the next time around. Some folks also use muriatic acid. Mm-hmm. I don't like to recommend that because it's pretty harsh stuff. And, you know, you got to be super, super careful when you use it. But it is, yeah. it is a possibility as well. And then, you know, the other thing that you can try is you did use vinegar, but I don't know if you mixed it with baking soda. Yeah, because that helps. That helps as well. You kind of make it into a paste and let it stand for a while and then you rinse it. Okay. So, There's a couple of additional things that you can try. I also found a great article online. Whenever you find an article from a university or an extension service, it's usually pretty well researched. And if you just Google removing mineral deposits and North Carolina cooperative, you'll find it. And it's an extensive article that's a little old, but has a lot of great suggestions in it and specifically has solutions for the different types of deposits that you get on these fixtures, whether it's rust, iron, copper, you know, what kinds of stain it is and so on.
That sounds great. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Well, home remodeling continues to be on the rise, and one of the areas homeowners update the most is their bathroom, and that's especially one place where just a little cash and design can go a long way when you focus using 2016's hottest bathroom trends, that is. That's right. You know, metallic finishes are all the rage right now. So you can expect to see platinum, brushed and stainless steel, and even matte finished gold and brass on bathroom fixtures, maybe even in your own home. Now, the same goes for natural stone, uh, stone bathroom floors and sinks. They're gaining ground. And if a full stone floor is not an option, you might want to consider incorporating some natural elements into ceramic or porcelain designs. And you can say goodbye to beige neutrals. The hottest color schemes in bathroom design are black, gray, and white. And at the other end of the design spectrum, you've got floral prints and even pink. And even bathrooms are getting smarter. Programmable showers with digital temperature controls and touchless toilets are some of the most popular high-tech bathroom features. Self-cleaning toilets are another up-and-coming option. And hey, you gotta love that. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones. Leslie, who's next? Beverly in Nebraska's on the line and is looking to do a flooring, I guess, tiling project. Tell us what's going on. Well, I have a brick fireplace that I would like to reface with ceramic tile. Oh, great. It's a fireplace question. Yes. I want to know if, what, if, if I need to do any special steps to prep the brick. I've heard yes and I've heard no. So but I might call somebody that might have a real answer. As long as the brick um, is not dirty or doesn't have like loose paint on it or anything of that nature, uh, I don't think there's a lot of prep involved there. What's going to be really important is that you get a good coat of adhesive underneath it, and you can use uh, a tile mastic uh, on top of that brick to attach what the tile What size are the to. tiles that you're looking at, Bev, to put over this? Um, 12 by 12, probably. Okay. Tom, is there any concerns with you know the difference between the brick and the mortar line for unevenness or because the tile is so large it's No, because gonna... you know what? Think about it. When you put tile down, you use a notched trowel, right? So mm-hmm. you never have a complete 100% contact of the tile with the substrate. So the fact that, that there's recessed mortar um, on this brick fireplace is not of a concern to me. It's just more of a concern that we get a good solid coat of adhesive there and that they dry well, they're nice and stable. And really, you want to make sure that you plan this out carefully, Bev. I mean, frankly, it's really small spaces to get that to fit right, to look right, to make sure the corners are done properly. If it's sloppy, you're going to be kicking yourself because it'll be obvious to anybody that looks at this that it wasn't done by a pro. So just make sure it's done really well so that it looks like it was almost intended to be that way the first time the the fireplace on the hearth was envisioned, okay? Okay. Um, One thing I've heard about the, the brick mortar line sucks up the moisture out of the mastic quicker. Is that something I need to worry about or just... Nah. Nope. Wouldn't worry about it at all. That makes no sense to me. I mean, look, people put concrete, put tile down on concrete, it'll tell you the same issue. Just plan it correctly, Bev, so that you have all the corners line up right, you have the right pieces, the right, you know, the types of tile that you're choosing are the ones that, for example, have closed corners where they wrap around the outside and make sure it's going to work. You, know, you may you may find that 12 inches too wide for that. It might be easier if you use a smaller tile because you'd have a little more flexibility. Like maybe a, a six or eight? Like a six, yeah, or an eight. Yep, exactly. Depending on the, the shape. Right, Leslie? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on what look you're going for. And, you know, with a ceramic tile, think about the finish on them. You know, a glazed tile is going to clean better when you get, you know, um, 
dirt and debris from the smoke in the fireplace itself, but an unglazed one might have a more hearthy, traditional look. So think about, you know, the overall look you're trying to get. And you can also, you know, a 12 by is kind of large. So if you're looking to put a decorative tile, say, as cornerstones, you know, around your mantle or something, you know, think about adding in little detail pieces, and then you can size your tiles accordingly. So does that help you out? Yeah, um, we're just trying to, you know, make it look a little more modern. Yeah, I think that's a definitely a good idea. I think it will look more modern. I think it'll be very attractive. Just take your time, do it once, do it right, and you won't have to do it again. Thank you very much. Still ahead, is your house in a constant state of disarray? Well, we're going to share some rules of thumb for constant organization when we return. You live in a body pit. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we want to make a big announcement. The Money Pit family just got a little bit bigger. We want to welcome WRKQAM in Madisonville, Tennessee. They are getting in on the home improvement game. And you can find them right on the dial at 1250. Now you can tune into the Money Pit on Sundays from noon to 2. We're happy to have you. Welcome to the family, WRKQ. All right, now let's jump into our questions. We've got a post here from Vince who writes, We're planning a kitchen remodel, but not sure where to start after the kitchen is gutted out. Do we start with the cabinets or do we do the flooring first? You know, way before you ever wield a sledgehammer, the best place to start your kitchen remodeling project is really with a thorough, clear-eyed assessment of your kitchen's current state and think about things like what features and functions you're going to need in the new remodel. You know, kitchen design is a very specific skill, so you might also think about working with a designer certified by the National Kitchen and Bath Association who is going to have the know-how to create the solutions that will fit your budget as well as your lifestyle. And if you can't do that, then I would work with certainly a perhaps a, a big store design center. I know that some of the big home improvement stores have some designers on staff for a very low to no fee. They'll design that kitchen for you. So I would definitely do the design first before we thought about how we're going to tear it out because the design is really going to dictate the whole thing, right, Leslie? Yeah, I mean, it's really important. The design, the floor plan, the layout, that's going to determine the flow. It's also going to help you determine what your budget is. So stick with the plan. Well, a messy home can leave you feeling frustrated and alone, but it really shouldn't. Most messes have a lot in common, and Leslie's got the top reasons for that messiness and the ways to ward them off in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, that's right. You know, most messy homes are dealt with retroactively. That is, you clean up once your clutter appears. But the key to having an organized home is to proactively keep your messes from forming in the first place. So remember that old saying, a place for everything and everything in its place? I know it's corny, but it's really true. Now, one reason things tend to pile up on your counters and tables and floors is that they don't have a home. So you've got to assess what items are always out of place or underfoot and then create or alter your storage. You know, maybe make it visible or easier to reach so that those odds and ends end up where they belong. 
Now, next, you want to play Clutter Cop. So dollar bins and freebies, they're fun, but will you actually really use that stuff? And do you need to buy that book when you can actually just borrow it from the library? You know, you've got magazines piling up. Well, why not download the digital version instead? If you assess all of those unneeded items before you bring them through your front door, you're going to see you have a lot of less stuff to actually gather at your home. Now, here's another great rule of thumb. For every item that comes into your home, you've got to get one item out. So that means cleaning out before your big birthday parties or holidays, or even doing a little soul searching before your next trip to the mall. You know, do you really need the new clothes? Are there pieces you can get rid of? And finally, you've got to beware nostalgia. Now, tossing your kids' artwork, that's kind of tough, but keeping it all really just becomes a burden. So why not consider taking a picture of the child with the piece of art that they created and then, you know, put the piece of art either in the trash or the recycling bin. When they're not looking. Exactly, when they're not looking (laughs) on a day that it goes right out to the curb. But seriously, guys, photos are a great way to document all of those cherished pieces of artwork or even toys or baby clothes that aren't family heirlooms, and it does clear up a ton of space. Good advice. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, they add convenience and value in theory, but many basement bathrooms can do more harm than good. Learn what you need to know before installing a below-grade tub, sink, or toilet on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.